Welcome in listeners to a wonderful episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We have a great show to bring to you today by two amazing guests. Joining us, we have the co-writer, director, and producer Eileen Nelson and the creator, co-writer, producer, and actor Mark Corallo whose new show, Mike and Mindy's Wild Weekend Jam, is having an industry event at Open Jar in June of this year. Eileen, Mark, welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you so much. We're so, yes, we're so happy (laughs) to be here. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm so excited to be talking about this show. We've been speaking a little bit off the air briefly about the show and, and a great successful run it recently had at the Players Theater at the end of December last year. I can't wait to hear more about this show. So why don't we kick things off talking about Mike and Mindy's Wild Weekend Jam by having you tell us a little bit about your show. And Mark, could you kick us off with that? Absolutely. So I think I'll give you the general theme and the, a brief history and where we're at, if that's helpful. So the, the theme really is, do you keep pursuing your dream or do you give up to live a conventional life? And it is about a young couple who have dreams of becoming big singing sensations. There are two high school sweethearts who fall in love and they, you know, they, they set out in life to, to become artists, right? Because that's what we all want to achieve for those of us who are in the, in the industry. But moving forward, they find that they're going to hit some realities and they realize they have to pay the bills. So a hairdresser and a plumber, they become. Okay. So <laughs> 10 years later, we meet Mike and Mindy and they are still pounding the pavement, working really hard, never giving up on that dream. In addition to that, they also hold these really fun, wild weekend. Well, they're called weekend jams at their house, but we made it wild because of their wacky and family friends that come and join in for the fun. And, you know, with every family party, there couldn't be a party without drama. So everybody there is up for a good time with the exception of Mindy's old school Italian parents, Don and Roz. They bring with them limited thinking, opinions and cannolis. And <laughs> basically, in a nutshell, we're met with a father-in-law and a son-in-law who can't see eye to eye. A huge family blowout. He leaves, leaving his cell phone behind. So this is pre-social media. They then have a music producer show up at the party. And they have to figure out where Mike is. So the family creates a ton of comedic shenanigans to keep this man in his seat at that party so that he cannot leave to catch his flight back to L.A. While Mindy goes on a search to get him back to the apartment. Will they get back in time? Will Mike and Mindy achieve their dreams? (laughs) Will the producer give them their shot? Will Don and Mike make amends? That's the show. Stay tuned. I love it. So how did you come up with the idea of this show? All right. So that that sort of goes back to what I was talking about previously in terms of the history. So we are both native New Yorkers and we both grew up in the borough of Staten Island. And we grew up in a time where the mindset really like even though Manhattan was the hub of where dreams are made, Other mindsets in the outer boroughs didn't necessarily think that. And it was much more about conventional thinking. Okay. It was get a craft, 
you know, what is acting? What does that even mean? No, you need to follow this script in life. You know, get married, have a job, have a baby, start a family, et cetera. Get a pension. Get a pension, all of that. And so really it just kind of poured out of me. I had all of these different caricatures and, and individuals who I've known throughout my life. And I mean, it's, I wrote it on a, I think like a 30 page Microsoft Word document. And the, the original idea behind the show was to create more of an interactive karaoke type of vibe or a jukebox musical. And it was originally called Mike and Mindy's Crazy Karaoke Party. And we put that up in Winterfest. And that's when I found Eileen. Eileen and I ran, I ran into Eileen one night on Route 9 in New Jersey and said, hi, I wrote this play. What do you think? And she said she absolutely loved it. So we entered it into Winterfest. It got accepted. And then we ran it as a, I don't want to say a jukebox musical, but we ran it with a lot of karaoke songs. And we wanted to see how people would feel about it and if we could take it to the next level that way. But we soon discovered that and we both decided that an original musical was the better way to go. So then we sat down together and rewrote. And Eileen commissioned. Uh, Eileen, do you want to take that part? Because that's another really cool piece. <laughs> yeah. So it was interesting with with using the cover music for the show. You know, the show had so much heart and people loved it. They had a good time. But I think the biggest feedback we had gotten was this really has legs and really the only way to get it somewhere is to have original music. So lucky for us, Bucky Hurd, who is one half of the Righteous Brothers, he tours with Bill Medley, is a friend of our family and he's, you know, a wonderful musician, songwriter. So I went to see him in concert one night in Vegas and after the show kind of just approached him and said, hey, you know, here's a script. You want to look at it? You know, we would love to get original songs. And I would say a few months later, you know, he had sent four original. And now we have now we have 17. We have a, a soundtrack of 17 original. original songs. So Bucky then commissioned the musical director of the Righteous Brothers, his good friend, Tim, and now our good friend. So together they created the soundtrack that now is Mike and Mindy. And it's, you know, I mean, we can't say enough about okay. it. It's pop, it's rock, it's Broadway, right? It's There's so many that. different genres. So yeah. it's- There's a rap it's and tap duo in there. It's fun. That's right. So the music is amazing and we're just so blessed to have them you know, as part of the creative team. That is amazing. So with, you know, Mark, you're the creator, but you're both co-writers on the show. We're heading into an industry event, which I'm sure this show is going to get picked up and just, they're going to run with it. What has it been like developing this show? It's actually been a blast. And, you know, we think about when Mark said 2018 earlier, I don't know if it feels like it's been forever or if it feels like it's been a week. You know, it, it's just kind of, it just keeps happening and it keeps progressing. So it's been, it's been really positive. I think what's been really crazy is, so 2018, the karaoke party went into Winterfest. Then in 19, we redevelop it. We start getting original songs. 
boom, the pandemic hits, world shuts down. However, we did not. We actually had a great opportunity to then take that time to, you know, keep this, keep working on the script. But during that year of 2020 is really when most of the songs became really developed and polished and completed. So the four of us, so Mark and I are here in Jersey, East Coast, Bucky and Tim, Bucky's in Vegas, Tim is in California. We were never in the same room while these songs were being developed. I mean, it was all Zoom, on the phone, text. So it can be done. (laughs) Yeah, and I don't know if we did it the exact way that it should be done. I mean, you know, we kind of, you know, the book was developed first and then the music was added. And I think there's a piece of the development that also matches the messaging of the show, which is just to continue to be persistent and believe in your dream no matter what. And I think there's really a couple of key ingredients here that have helped the development process. I think one, you know, we are a really great team. We're sort of each other's yin to each other's yang. And I think that the show has gone, we really have worked with some amazing people who we trust, who we have been able to bring the script to and just say, okay, rip it apart. What worked, what didn't work, we're open. I think as writers, you have to be open because it's all about the messaging and how the show is going to be received. And when we were able to put the show up at players, it really was so well received. And it had gone through, even getting it from 2018 to 2021, a gazillion rewrites. Then from 2021 on, a gazillion more rewrites. You know, the storyline though has always stayed inherent. It's just been a matter of how do you tighten this? How do you make the message meaningful? I think as writers, who we are as people is what resonates in the messaging of this show. Listen, we live in a world right now where it's like an upside down pineapple. And we just want people to go and forget and have a great time. But yet there is a much deeper meaning behind the messaging in this show. It's not a simple, it's not a simple show. There's there's yeah. definitely art and story behind this. It's family, it's conflict, it's love, and everyone can relate to someone in this show. Yeah. And that is a beautiful lead-in actually to my next question. What is the message and thought you're hoping that audiences are gonna take away from this? I think the general message is to realize that we all, whether we've had a dream or whether we want a dream, to never give up. And regardless of what people think or say to you, to continue to persevere because you have to trust in yourself and, you know, and to not always buy into conventional thinking. And it's sort of a message that resonates with all generations. We had audience members come up to us in 2021 saying, oh, you know, I became an accountant, but my real dream was to do dot, 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 dot. And you know, this inspired me now to really, you know, maybe think about taking an acting class or doing something that I never did. And yeah, I think it's about helping people to remember not to put something on a shelf and to always keep it at the forefront because we all deal with enough in our lives that can be really stressful. So how do we bring ourselves something that's joyful and that feeds our soul? That's the message. 
Well, I have to agree, of course, with everything that he said. <laughs> yeah, I think the message is to inspire. I, If you don't leave the theater inspired in any way, I don't know. <laughs> you may have to re-examine yourself. <laughs> but it, it does. It just it spreads joy. It, it makes you smile. And of course, the, the goal is to touch your soul in some way to make you inspired to do something that you might not have thought about doing ever or in many years. Like Mark said, you know, so many of us put things, you know, on the side burner and it's really never too late. You know, it's never too late to dream, to dream a new dream or, you know, reignite an old one. So, um, yeah, I think the show is very special. I really do. I, I think it can bring a lot of joy. My final question for this first part of the interview is, who do you hope have access to your show? Who would we like to have access? Mark said earlier, and it it's true, it's really a multi-generational show. When we did the off-Broadway run, we had audience members from late teens and our oldest audience member was 89 years old. And, you know, everyone who saw it within that age group really related to someone or and received a message for themselves within it. So I do believe that the show really can offer something to all ages. I mean, I would say the overall goal and hope for the show is to have another, you know, maybe limited run off Broadway in a really great space and, you know, a national tour eventually get licensing. It would be a great show in universities. It could be a great show in a casino. And, and we have a goal to eventually make it into a movie. We are not stopping. <laughs> I I love the 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 long term goal of this. This is amazing, Mark. What about you? Who do you hope have access? Yeah, I would agree. I think I think it's you know if the, to me the access is whoever the message speaks to, right? And I think that if we do have a multi generational audience that comes, they're the ones that would spread the message. I mean the the cast itself ranges in age, from you know like I would say you have your your 20 somethings all the way up to people in their like late 60s early 70s acting so that's where i think you get you can get the buy in from different audience members because there's something comical relatable and loving about each character in the show and that's where i think that's a bit of a successful piece of the show because, you know, everyone walked out of there saying in the 2021 showcase that it really took them on an emotional journey and that they were able to experience different emotions and relatability to a specific character that they identified with, which we thought was very cool. Yeah. And if I could just add on to that, I think that was what was so surprising to people. When people hear Mike and Mindy's Wild Weekend Jam, I think right away, some of them think maybe it's an interactive or it uh, maybe it's Tony and Tina's wedding or something like that. Mm -hmm. So many people said they were not expecting to be taken on 
that kind of emotional journey that they were taken on. And that really made us so happy because that that was the goal. We want you to have a good time, but we really want you to feel, you know, and we really, like we said earlier, want to inspire you. And hearing that feedback was just so great. having a blast and I would love to continue to give our listeners a chance to get to know you a little bit more. So I want to change things up and ask you to what shows composers, playwrights inspire you or do you love? And Mark, if I can go and start with you on that one. I would say the playwrights who have influenced me the most, hands down first, Neil Simon. I'm very much a big Brighton Beach memoirs, Prisoner of Second Avenue. And then I can also switch gears and go Sondheim. Yeah. And very much love, you know, Sunday in the Park with George or, you know, Into the Woods. So I would say those two writing styles have very much been a big influence for me. I think the Neil Simon piece being the comedy and the Sondheim somewhat of the music and the aspects of love and romance. Mm. I love that. Eileen, who who or what inspires you? Well, I remember growing up for me, the shows that inspired me was certainly Pippin, Godspell. I mean, just those musicals that again just take you on this incredible ride and when you leave the theater you just feel different so just those you know leaving those shows I just knew that this was something I wanted to be involved in but also growing up my sister was on Broadway and she played the role of Frenchie as I you know had said earlier but those memories are just incredible. And being part of that, they called me Frenchette. I was a little girl <laughs> and I would go and help with the wigs at night. I'd sit with the, the lighting guys and, you know, back then things were different. You know, there wasn't, a, you could just throw a kid somewhere and say, okay, she's sitting with you and doing lights <laughs> today in the today's world, this wouldn't happen. But just, yeah, just those feel good, fun musicals is you know, just what I love. But to get back to the Neil Simon, one of, I think, the biggest compliments that we've gotten as writers so far is, so a man named Scott Werns, he co-directed the 21 production with me. I, you know, it was a three-week run. We, were, I was producing, Mark was acting in it. So we brought on Scott to co-direct with me and it was incredible. We had met him part of we met him when we were part of the um, Ken Davenport in a circle. Yeah, which was great. So we became great friends. So when we gave Scott the script for when he was going to be co-directing, he called and said, this reminds me so much of the Neil Simon show. Yes, and I said, that. what? <laughs> and he said, it really does. It just reminds me of a Neil Simon play, just the heart of it and just the, the, you know, the craziness of it. And I thought, okay, well, if you can put that on a plaque, 
and give it to us, you know, we'll hang it on the wall. So that, you know, after hearing that, I thought, oh my gosh, that that's a wonderful compliment. We'll take it. (laughs) So that was very sweet. And he will actually now be directing the upcoming industry read. Scott is incredible. Yes. Yes. So we're very happy to have him on board. Amazing. Have you seen any great theater that you might be able to recommend to our listeners? Yeah, I actually just saw Life of Pi the other day. I know, I know. The it's amazing, of, it's amazing. It was, yeah. The I puppets, haven't seen it yet, but Eileen loved it. You know, the use of puppets, obviously when we saw Lion King, you know, back in the day it was, and again, just incredible the way, you know, it's just incorporated into the show. But it's a little bit different with Life of Pi. So for the tiger... What's Richard Parker, is it? I hope I have his name right, Richard Parker. Parker. Yes. I think there's two or three people manipulating the actual puppet. And I kept thinking- They have one inside the tiger. I kept thinking this poor man's back, does he ever get to stand up straight again? He is bending over the entire time. And then there's someone else manipulating the top. And then on the side- so just such a great use of the puppets. And of course, the projection is just phenomenal. So that was that was really fun to see something different and the use of the technology. But I think Mark and I, we saw a show. Do you know the George Street Playhouse in New Brunswick in New Jersey? So that's also a show that a lot of Broadway shows will, you know, start there and pre- preview there we saw a show called walk on the moon and it was taken from the 99 movie with diane lane it was written uh, by pamela gray i think and it was made into a musical and i it was so fabulous and if you ever see that name a walk on the moon it was just it i really fell in love with what they did with it that was really fun yeah, it it was a newer work, but they they really hit it out of the park. We thought we thought for yeah. sure it was really great. Love that. What is your favorite part about working in the theater? That's a good question. I I think there's many parts to writing to to that I love being a part of in the theater. I think for me, in all honesty, it's the process. I think I love seeing something start from the beginning. I would say most of my experience has been around creating original works. And so most of my experience is chaotic from start to end. But I just, I love seeing something come to life. And I think what is the most exciting part for me is that every night it is different. Mm -hmm. And that if you are acting on stage, it is never the same. And the story only gets better and better the more you do it. And I would say that's what's the most exciting part for being in the theater for me. I love that. Switching it over to Eileen, your favorite part about working in the theater. Yeah, I, I mean, clearly, I love to see the progression and how you've taken this little nugget and turn it into something so gigantic. But as we are you know, planning this upcoming read and putting it all together. We're so lucky that we are able to, you know, grab most of the cast that we had originated. So 
I think for me, the community that you build, mm -hmm. everyone really becomes like family. I, I mean, you spend, you know, six weeks together, three weeks rehearsing, you do this amazing production for three weeks, and then done. feel like these people have been a part of your life forever. And you can't imagine them not being part of your life. So getting to see them again and working on the project and then, you know, hearing from them, you know, when you're in it every day, you know, Mark and I, it's just, it's constant. It's, how about this change? What about this? And then you have the people who did it come back and say, wow, I, I think, you know, this is, this really is better. This really does progress the plot. This really does. So it's just nice having all of that feedback from, you know, people that you really care about and love. So, yeah. I love that. Two really great answers. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And that leads us to my favorite question, which I'm very excited to hear from both of you, uh -oh. which is what is your favorite theater memory? I would definitely say it goes back to being part of, you know, the Grease family back in the day when when my sister was was on Broadway. But this is actually a funny story. Grease at some point had reached the longest running show on Broadway. And they were having a huge party and I was invited. I was, gosh, I was young. <laughs> And so young that the party you were eight, weren't you? Were you eight? <laughs> I was four. No. <laughs> so there's actually two parts. So really quickly, your 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 wife will appreciate this. So the party was at Studio 54. I was not old enough to get into Studio 54. So the wig lady, Barbara, and the makeup people transformed my little face <laughs> I mean I wasn't that young I was like a teenager and so that I could get in to the party to celebrate but I was in the limo with my sister and then Patrick Swayze because he was in the the show with her and his lovely wife Lisa so we were pulling up to you know one of these grease parties and the gentleman that he was, he said, okay, ladies, I will open the door. I'll take each one of you out. And, you know, we got this. So when we pulled up, there was all paparazzi and people screaming and they were all screaming, waiting, of course, thinking it might be John Travolta. So when we, everyone's screaming, lights are going. And when Patrick opened the door and got out and took us all out, the whole crowd just went, oh, <laughs> because no one knew who Patrick was at that point. And he looked at all of us and just said, keep your head up high, let's walk in. And we just laugh about that because literally you could just hear everyone go, oh, all right, such a, like no one looked, no one took a picture. And that memory will live with, with me forever. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. Very funny. They should have paid attention though. They wouldn't, they should have paid attention. You never know. You never if we were to go back in time, they'd be a bit shameful. That's what I'm gonna say. That's, That's right. right. They'd be like, we had the ground floor on this incredible theater artist. And now look at her. She's got this great show. Oh yeah, and Patrick Swayze, by the way. You know. Well, I was talking about Patrick, not me. I mean, you know, I mean, either one. <laughs> but thank you. 
Mark, what is your favorite theater memory? I think for me, I have an 18 year old daughter. And as you asked the question, I was thinking about what would be my most favorite moment related to me. And then I really thought about it. And we had this really cool opportunity. My brother-in-law is a, a, a certified financial planner tax guy, right? And he was really excited because he got tickets for waitress for somebody that he knew in the show. His client was in the show and he kept making a big deal about it because he's really like a sports buff. And the 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 character, the actor in the show called him out and he acted like he was in a football game when he called him out in the audience. I was like, you have to calm down. This is theater, not, not, not a football game. <laughs> and then I also wound up knowing somebody in the costuming department and we got tickets, right? So we all wound up going on the same night. But what was the most amazing experience was my daughter was just on the beginning trajectory of her singing career. She's going to Berkeley School of Music in the fall. And the cast gave her a platform to stand in front of an empty house, like an open house, and just hear her sing. And they were so supportive and kind to her. And, you know, like as a dad, I was like, oh my God, like what a moment, wow. you know? And to have a lead be like, don't give this up. Your voice is amazing. You have to keep going for this. It was Jordan Sparks who was in it at the time. Hmm. And it was just a real moment. So that would be my favorite theater moment. And I'm, I'm going to add to that though. I'm going to add because... So Mark, as you know, is in Mike and Mindy's Wild Weekend Jam, but so is his daughter. She's in the show And too. his daughter, Alex Corallo, is a name to watch because she is a talent beyond. And watching the two of them on opening night for the Off-Broadway run open the show together really was truly very, very special for everyone involved so that's another one that's another one gift. we have to remember it is a gift thank yeah. you for that it's true <laughs> to be able to act with your child you know in a show that you co-wrote there's many moments you know she she was really nervous when we first opened this show and i think it served as a platform for her and gave her just more confidence so thanks for that partner yeah it was real great <laughs> But you heard it here first, Alex Corallo. We're all keeping an eye out for her. It's on TikTok. We'll like the paparazzi at Studio 54. We will cheer and be excited <laughs> so that a few years later, when she's back, when she's here on our show telling us about it, she won't be like, oh, and then they were like, oh. No, 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 we will be cheering. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, thank you both for sharing those memories. Those were amazing. Thank you. Are there any other projects or productions either of you have coming on the pipeline that we might be able to plug? Yeah, I'm currently in, we're, we're definitely writing some additional shows. A couple are in the works now. So they're in development. I think and what I mean by development is not true development on stage, but currently in development writing wise. You know, Eileen, you know, we spoke earlier about Ying to my Yang. So she believes in the one thing at a time process, which I think is real smart because I'm all over the map. And so she has kept me grounded. And so, yeah, there are other projects in the works, but our focus is making sure that this gets to where it needs to be while we cultivate the other projects. Anything for you, Eileen? The same. We're just, you know, the goal is to get this produced, to get this where it needs to go. But yeah, we are definitely writing, you oh, know, sorry. nothing, nothing yet to really put out there, but there's definitely things coming and in the work. But actually, Mark 
just did had a show up in a festival. I did. I did a 15 um, minute in uh, in um, the the name of the group. It's a real great theater group. Uh, they're called New Ambassadors Theater. I don't know if you've heard of them, Andrew. Yeah. So I've, I've done some writing work with their director, uh, David Adam Gill, really talented guy. And they did a theme called Heartbroke. And that was done actually at the Hudson Guild. And we were able to put up some 15 minute, terrible, heart wrenching plays <laughs> around broken hearts. But it was cool. It was cool. So that was my last project in addition to what we're doing with Mike and Mindy. Very cool. Sounds like you guys have a lot of things going on that we need to keep tabs on. And that's a great segue into my final question, which is if our listeners want more information about Mike and Mindy's Wild Weekend Jam or about either of you, perhaps they want to reach out to you. How can they do that? They can get us on our website at www.mikeandmindyswildweekendjam.com. And they can also follow us on Instagram at Mike and Mindy's Wild Weekend Jam. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Facebook. And Facebook. So yeah, follow us, follow us. <laughs> Eileen, Mark, thank you so much for joining me today. And uh, seriously, this has been a blast. I could talk to you for hours and hours <laughs> and hours. I mean, thank we could you, do a Andrew. Jerry Lewis telephone right here. <laughs> <laughs> swapping stories and talking more about this incredible show that you have but i really appreciate you taking the time i look forward to seeing the show thank so you so thank, thank you very you. much so i wish much. you all the best with it thank you very much thank you so really much we really, yes we appreciate <clears throat> appreciate your time hmm. my guests today have been Eileen Nelson, who's the co-writer, director, and producer, and Mark Corallo, who's the creator, co-writer, producer, and actor of the show Mike and Mindy's Wild Weekend Jam. It has an upcoming industry read at Open Jar in June, and from there, I'm sure we're going to see a full production come of that, so stay tuned to Stage Whisper when we announce when that will be. But if you'd like more information about this fabulous show, you can head on over to www.mikeandmindyswildweekendjam.com or check them out on Facebook or Instagram at Mike and Mindy's Wild Weekend Jam. We're going to have all of this information posted on our episode description as well as on our social media, but... Keep your eyes peeled for this because it sounds like an incredibly fun and wonderful show. You're not going to want to miss it. A great musical that everyone in the family is going to love. So make sure to keep your eyes peeled for Mike and Mindy's Wild Weekend Jam. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. Two friends from old New York town met in a foreign land. One thing the praises of If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. 
There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you. <laughs>